Welcome to Texans Unfiltered. And here we go, here we go! A Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. And welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered. I am your host, Young Ari Gold, and I am joined, as usual, by my friend and co-host, John Wade, the Garnet Texan. And John, wow, things have gotten extra spicy in the last 48 hours. Wait, wait, are you talking about our new logo? Well, our new logo is super spicy, but uh, no, 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 I'm not talking about the spicy. Is it, is it the intro to the podcast for trying to step up our game? No. Here? Is that what no, you're talking about? No, that's spicy too. I like it. I'm all about the smoke, but no, no, there's, a, there's some other things going on. Oh, man, you're not talking about the reason that I can't get off Twitter for the past, I don't know, 48 hours. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, that's literally, I, I, I have been the exact same way. Um, so I don't know where you want to begin. I don't know if you want to start with your rant, because I'm, sure I'm sure you have an extremely long one built up. I have a full cup of tea over here that's actually brewing. I'm going to start drinking in a second. Um, I'm going to go mow my yard. Um, you, you just... You let me know what space you need for this to to happen, and uh, I'll I'll let you. I'm gonna mute myself. I'll I'll give you the floor, John Wade, the Garnet Texan. Well, here's the thing. Believe it or not, I don't have a long rant yet. I'm in still a little bit of disbelief that it can really happen because part of me thinks that there's no way the Texans are dumb enough to trade Clowney at this point. It just yeah. does not make sense to do it now unless they are punting on the season. That's what they're saying. Now, essentially, all the the smoke and the dots, and we kind of talked about it on Twitter before the, the news and quotation marks dropped, but what I've been reading all day from just random people on Twitter is essentially the Redskins don't want to trade Trent Williams. The Texans really want to trade for Trent Williams. So in order to get the Redskins to budge, the Texans have to overpay. Now it's arguable that we already overpaid for Duke Johnson. So imagine overpaying on one of the best left tackles in the game. At an affordable contract, the reason he's not even sitting out because of money, so they don't even have to work anything with his contract. He's sitting out because he doesn't trust Washington. Well, let's talk about that for a second because I don't think a lot of listeners know the exact situation with Trent Williams. I think that kind of flew under the radar on what happened with the medical staff in Trent Williams. You want to shed some light on that so our listeners know? So it's pretty much a simple story. Trent Williams had a skin cancer. And the Redskins medical staff told him that he was fine, that it was nothing big, that it was just aggravation from his helmet. He felt as though the medical staff was more interested on in getting him to back on the field than actually looking after his well-being. And then he goes and gets checked out. He has cancer. He gets it taken care of. And after that, all trust, which I think with any human being, is destroyed at that point. Yeah. He was like they just brushed him. He felt as though they just brushed him away, brushed him to the side and said, hey, you're whining about nothing. And they, that's essentially how he felt like. They treated him like he was a little kid just whining about yep. something. Now, naturally, he's not happy about that. Redskins currently, maybe, and maybe they're just posturing because they're trying to get the best deal possible because a lot of people need a left tackle right now, think that they can repair that relationship. 
and to get back kind of like the whole all the dots, all the little puffs of smoke are that first off, and there's actual hard proof on this, Bill O'Brien as GM is going to be more aggressive than we're used to as a GM. He went out and traded a fourth, possibly third-round pick for Duke Johnson. There's all the proof you need because the Texans really don't do things like that. Granted, we say that every time there's a trade. Well, we traded for Demetrius last Demetrius year. We said that, but our, there was also – Demetrius, I'm sorry. <laughs> Three I, minutes in. Jesus Christ. You know, we're going to just start a drinking game with this, like me and names. Uh, but Demarius Thomas last year, the rumor was that Bill O'Brien was the one that organized or orchestrated that trade as well. See, I can't even say orchestrated, right? i got to go with organized. But that's kind of always been the rumor and kind of even the friction behind with Brian Gain as well to get even deeper into all this. And, again, everything that I ever have is speculation. I just read literally everything. And – but the backstory, part of the gain issue was Bill O'Brien always felt as he had to do something or something wouldn't get done, just to put that in a nutshell. So Demarius Thomas, arguably, supposedly, was Bill O'Brien. Titus Howard was Bill O'Brien, but Bill O'Brien was pissed off that we didn't trade back and draft Howard. Again, these are all smokes, nothing substantial. Bill O'Brien will never say anything, and, of course, Brian Gain will never say anything. But these are just kind of like the dots that have been leaked out. Duke Johnson, uh, Bill O'Brien, overpaid with Cleveland because he actually wanted Duke Johnson about a month and a half ago, two months ago, before Brian Gain was let go, and did not feel as though we were aggressive enough with the uh, pursuit on that. And, of course, he, he landed his guy. Now the guy is the guy that everybody in the entire city of Houston wants is Trent Williams. We arguably wanted him more than Duke Johnson. Granted, dude, I am so over the moon about Duke Johnson. We'll go over that in here in a little bit. But I am so over the moon about Duke Johnson. However, Bill O'Brien wants Trent Williams. We all know that Matt Khalil is not gonna he's not gonna work out. He had he's already out of gas. We're two weeks in to training camp and the guy is out of gas. He started strong, but he he's uh excuse me for the vulgarity on this, but he's blo- he blew his lo- load way too way too early. And they know it, we know it, everybody knows it. Titus, they feel as though it would be better to develop as a guard and then move him to tackle. They want to do the same thing that was done with Dwayne Brown. Dwayne Brown played, rotated at tackle and played guard for about two years before he took over as the full-time starter. So that's essentially the game plan of Titus Howard. He's incredibly athletic. They just want to give him time to develop to the NFL game. So somebody like Trent Williams for the situation is perfect. However, the Texans still value draft picks. And if they're going to give up a bunch of draft picks, they don't want to be in a situation where they do not have draft picks again, similar to last year. So that's where the additional smoke with Clowney is. If they can not only get a draft pick for Clowney, get some sort of player for Clowney and land Trent Williams, they feel as though they're in a better position this year to win than they are with just Clowney. Now, I honestly think that's arguable. I think that Clowney is one of the top 50 players in the game, easily. I think that he makes a bigger difference on our on our defense, and I believe that you can scheme around a weak left tackle. However, even without all that, even if the idea of somehow getting a draft pick, Williams, and a cornerback, which... 
you know, it's not going to happen. Like, that's pie in the sky thinking if we think that's actually what's going to happen in exchange for Clowney. If they land that, I can I can understand why they think that the team would be better. Like, but the issue that I have with it is the timing is awful. That's the only thing that is the problem with this entire situation. It's not about trainee, trading Clowney. It's about the timing of trading Clowney. Now, neither one of us want, want Clowney gone, and we both believe that he is bad. Like, our team this season is better with Clowney on the roster. I, I really don't see a trade where the team is overall better with Clowney being traded. Unless you guys throw out one of those Madden trades where we get Josh Norman, Trent Williams, and Montez Sweat. Like, yes, we're better if that, if that happens. But those, those yeah, aren't happening. Going in, like, the next five years. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, these, these, so it's just not And happening. not only that, we have no leverage whatsoever either. And that's a part that I think people are leaving out a ton when talking about this. Right now, Clowney can't be traded. That's all there is to it. Clowney can't be traded right now because he has not signed his franchise tender. So until he signs, he cannot be traded. And now I wouldn't be surprised if everything that we've heard about him reporting after the third preseason game is likely gone out the window because he knows that they're, once he signs, they can do whatever they want at that point. Now, there were rumors that he was there was an agreement in place with Miami. From a source, I know for a fact that there was no place and no deal in place for Jadavian Clowney with Miami. Miami is in full rebuild mode, and they understand that they have to tank to get the best quarterback possible next season. That's from three different Miami reporters. So that deal was not in place, just so everybody understands. And that actually came out earlier today as well. So I don't – this is what I'm thinking, John. I think – Teams have called about Clowney, and I think that the calls are getting more more loud now. I think there's more there's more attention to Clowney. I still don't think he gets traded. Yeah, and here's the thing: it may not even be it may be the other way around. It may be the Texans aggressively shopping him to see what they can get. And I can understand why Miami. The reason Miami would be interested in Clowney is it's schematic. Oh, he's a perfect fit. You put Clowney on that defense, right? With what Flores I mean, I think that's do. what I said next, like when we were talking about when he leaves us. I said Miami is the perfect fit for Jadavian Clowney. Right. And that makes sense, but to trade for Clowney, especially for what the Texans have to be asking for, this has to be a team that believes they are one piece away. This has to be a team that thinks they're going to legitimately have a Super Bowl run. And, I mean, that kind of puts the Ravens and the Eagles as more likely and destinations. but And Patriots. But for what would have to be given up for a player that is not under contract, who can easily veto the trade by, you know, not signing his contract. And then it's a one-year rental. There's no guarantee that he stays with that team. If he hates that team and say this team just gave up a first-round pick. Yeah, yeah and he can agree to – he could say – no, and he can and say, yes, I will. They can't negotiate. He can say, yep, I'll sign an extension. And then all of a sudden, Philadelphia loses Carson Wentz again, and they go 6-10, and 10, and he's like, fuck this, I'm out of here. Yeah, so it really does not matter at that point. It's the timing that throws this entire thing off. 
If the Texans had any plans on trading him, it would have happened already. I don't understand why right now with where we're at as a team and where we're at in the offseason, why this would be coming up now. It just doesn't make sense for the Texans. And I think that's that's the issue. It's not Patrick Storm. It's not, you know, incarcerated Bob. It's it's not the sources. It's That has nothing to do with it. It's just from a pure football standpoint, the timing of this makes zero sense. Because all leverage is lost. The Texans know they have zero leverage. If Cloudy was going to be traded... It would have been before the draft and at the absolute latest when a team could still negotiate with him. Correct. This isn't Khalil Mack. This isn't the same situation. Khalil Mack could still be negotiated with. He could still be extended when the Bears traded for him. Yeah, it was a fifth-year option, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, two totally different situations. I don't know. I find this entire situation – I don't want to say alarming. I guess I'm, what, I, what I'm wondering is if the distraction aspect is the only reason why they would want to potentially trade Jadavian Clowney right now. Well, the only reason that they could possibly want to is just desperation. They know they need to make a move for a left Or tackle. Clowney has said, hey, I'm not signing with you guys next season. Or he's just going to sit out the entire season. So there's so many there's, – there's just so many scenarios. I, I just – I honestly don't know where to point and, and like, where to say, like, hey, this is what I'm thinking. I think the Ravens make sense, but I don't think the Ravens can give you a player back that's going to make enough of an impact this season. I think Philadelphia is a team that could potentially give you back a piece. I mean, John, would you trade Jadavian Clowney for Andre Dillard? Straight up? Straight up. I mean, it's rookie contracts, so possibly. I mean, Dillard looks like he's... Yeah, I, yeah, you know what? I probably will, honestly, and I can't believe I've just said that. I think that Clowney's a better player now and probably even into the future, but if Dillard is as good as he could be to have, because you could put Titus Howard over at right, Dillard at left, and then Sharpen get either one of the goal guard positions, that's a pretty good line for the next five. Well, not five only that, that we don't you have can to also pay. put Rankins at left guard and Sharpen at right, and then you're talking about having 22- and 23-year-old guys on your offensive line for the next five years. Um, I'm not even saying that that's a possibility. It's not, nothing I've heard, but I just – I'm trying to think of situations. No, they'll, they'll trade they'll yeah, trade it, if anyone. It'll be Vitae. So he's – and he's nowhere near on the level of a player. Like, he's a solid he's Better than tackle, anything we but, have. But he's just not – yeah, which is, right. I mean, honestly not hard. But it's so – he's not – the same type of player that Clowney is. And it would make more sense for the Eagles to go after him, but I just they're too smart of a club. I can't see them doing that. Well, I mean, if they want to win another Super Bowl this year, adding Clowney, you can make a case that if Philly adds Clowney to their roster, they're probably the legitimate contender in the NFC to make a Super Bowl run. Like, if you had to point at one NFC team, add Clowney to that Eagles team, and they're a contender. I mean, look at that talent they have on defense. Look at that defensive line. I mean, they would have the best defensive line in football. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really make a lot of sense for the Eagles. The Eagles are loaded as is. They're loaded for the next couple of years. As long as Carson Wentz stays healthy, then 
I could see them doing it because then they kind of take Astros level to the NFL as much as can be done, where they've stacked. Oh, is that is that is Astros level oh, yeah, the new right term now? For we're right now, Golden, we're, we're in Houston. We're, if you we're ditching the oh, Golden yeah. State thing. The Astros are Astros okay, right. right now, as loaded as they are, are better. That it, it is like going for Golden Golden State. I mean. Right. But it's just funny how you skipped the team that that whole, like, slogan started with and just made it your own. You just crowned it, like, the Astros. Yeah, it's Astros. I haven't even won a World Series with this team yet, but it's like, nope, you know they what? Just, they, they did. Super team. <laughs> They've won a World Series. I mean, like, with this team, the way it's constructed. Well, with the core they have. You, you're acting like they added KD. So they took a team. Yeah, they pretty much have. They, they took a team that was, like into baseball. They took a team that was already – an absolute amazing team, and then they added Jordan Alvarez and Zach Greinke. I mean, really, the Astro. It is Astros level, and it. And I even can use that as a more apt description for what the Eagles adding Clowney because they haven't won anything yet. They've just stacked the odds in their favor. Yep. This isn't basketball. Both football and baseball, same thing. Just because you have the best athletes does not mean you're guaranteed to win, but. They're, they've stacked the odds in their favor. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, what is your what is your pulse on this whole Clowney situation? I mean, what do you if you had if you had to guess? I mean, I know Preston can pull a ton of audio saying of John saying that there's no way it's guaranteed he's not being traded this season. It's not happening, so just count on it. It can't happen. It won't happen. Uh, from like four or five episodes now. Where is John Wade with that uh, sentiment? Scared. Yeah. Scared, sick to my stomach a little bit. Pat Storm. Um, Facebook leader, uh, Twitter guy. Uh, Nice guy. I've had conversations with him. Super nice guy. Uh, Shares a very similar dream that I share, um, so I don't want to come off as me shitting on Pat, as that's not what I'm doing. What I'm trying to do is just, me and John are trying to play devil's advocate. We're trying to kind of look at it from both angles. So, John, go ahead and, and kind of talk about what, what you found that Pat has reported in the past. Right. I have I mean, I've followed Pat since he was texting news and talk, and there's been a couple of things that he gets out a little bit quicker than others. Like, he's been pretty on top of it. Of like who's being released and actives and inactives, he's he does have some sources within the te- within the Texans building. He was the first one to say something about T.J. Yates, or but again that was he got the general picture of it right, but he got the actual details kind of wrong. Um, for instance, he said that T.J. Yates would be quarterback coach, whereas T.J. Yates was hired as just a regular coach, and then he backtracks saying that T.J. Yates may still want to play, so that's why he's only being brought on as as a coach. He's been pretty much on it with the cl- with the uh, Clowney saga since the beginning, that they didn't think there was going to be a long-term, de- a long-term deal with Clowney. Um, that's pretty consistent. Um, he broke that way back in April that the Texans were pursuing broke Johnson, and it turned out he was right. Big difference. Um, Did he say in April – the Texans are in process of working on a trade for Duke Johnson. Or you... well, in April you you can't you can't say that. Um, 
pretty much in April he said that the Texans were so then let a me strong ask you candidate this. to so land Duke Johnson. We just had this and discussion off air, and so I just want to make sure that the listeners know. And like I said, we're not sh- I'm not shitting on Pat. I just want to bring every side of it to it. Two plus two will always equal four. That's literally what I just said. If the Texans need a running back, and there's a running back that demands a trade, and that running back style fits exactly what the Texans need, is there really much of a reach if you say the Texans are talking to the Browns about Duke Johnson? Yes and no. So I would give him at least enough credit that I give us because we we didn't predict Duke Johnson. We said that he would be a perfect fit. Um, And it turns out that somebody on the front office obviously agreed with us because they gave up a potential third-round pick for him. So they obviously have as strong as feelings for Duke Johnson with our offense as we do. And this is something that we've discussed months ago when Duke Johnson demanded a trade. There's audio out there. You can listen to it. So what Patrick Storm has done is on the other side of it. He has actually said that the Texans would pursue him. Now we've landed him. So either he has an understanding of the team, similar to us, which really, I mean, that's not really saying all that much, or he does actually have connections that have said, hey, we're going to at least pursue the guy. Like that, That's kind of the proof that they pursued the guy and they got him. And it's kind of the proof where even Bill O'Brien said they wish they had gotten him in sooner. Now, is that end-all, be-all? No. It doesn't necessarily mean the guy – it means that there's a little bit of – in my opinion, it means that there is some substance to what he's saying. He's not just throwing out smoke. He's not just throwing out – are we cussing? Are we still cussing? Are we not cussing? I mean, we uh, yeah, we, until the regular season. Okay. He's not just throwing out bullshit and seeing if it's going to stick. If you actually look through all like his thread, but there have been times where he has done that. I guess is my issue. Well, everybody has, but mm. th- but it's not it's not rapid fire. We're going to start a bunch of rumors and throw a bunch of things out there and see if it sticks. I would agree. He's he may be throwing stuff out there to see if it sticks, which everybody does, including us. Like we throw things out there. Sometimes it's obvious that we're just throwing it out there because it's it's wishful thinking, but. Sometimes we're throwing it out there because we hope that the Texans actually go in that direction. And we're doing it without any sort of sources. We're just doing it from an understanding of the team. With him, the direction that he's coming from is he is – I think that he's thrown enough out there that there is sources that he is hearing something. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to be correct. Even if somebody – the only source that will ever be 100% correct from the Texans is Bill O'Brien. And you know what? How many times have you woken up in the morning and changed your mind about something? We all do it all the time with a lot less stress than Bill O'Brien has. So just take that with a grain of salt when it comes to Patrick Storm. I say follow the guy. You'll probably learn something. He may be wrong. He may be very wrong. But he put himself out there with something that is that he may have somebody that he actually believed. And what was J.D. being I like what It was, J- it was right. J.D. And, or, or one of J.D.'s family members or somebody managing his – or his PR team totally fucking with him. Right. So those are all the things that are all possibilities, but he is talking to somebody. Yeah. Um, and, and a little backstory on why I'm so skeptic- skeptical. Uh, about two and a half, about two months ago, I went through this entire saga with the Los Angeles Lakers where the entire fan base 
And when I say the entire fan base, I mean literally the entire fan base was duped by Genie Buss's nephew. So he started a Twitter. He he broke a bunch of news on the text on the Lakers subreddit. Uh, a ton. I mean, stuff that you would have never guessed. Let us know. He even let us know that uh, Al Horford was going to the 76ers. I think the day that Al Horford was cut. Um, he's the guy that told us that Kawhi Leonard was signing with the Lakers. He had all of the proof. He submitted proof to the mods. He showed exactly who he was. And Kawhi Leonard told everybody that that was the case. And then two days prior to signing with the Raptors, let the Lakers know that he would not be signing with them. Maybe RDA Ambition, the guy that we I'm talking about, lied. Maybe he fooled us all. I can't say that he did because he had a ton of info that nobody else in the league had. But um, that's where my, like, op, like where I'm pushing back on this comes from because two parts. One, and this is something we mean you need to talk about, John, because one, you know, when we started this, we we decided that we were a fan ran podcast that enjoys the podcast that enjoys the team, and that's where this started. Like this whole thing was started because we were fans. Now we're teetering on media. We're at the point where we're teetering. We don't know if that's where we're at or going. I think we have an idea, but we're at the point now where we're also media, and media members have to be able to have the fan side and the media side. This is a blurred line for me because ultimately I think Jadavian Clowney is the third best player on this team. And I just don't think it makes sense to trade him. And I think the timing is off. So it's nothing against Pat Storm, I guess is where I was going. It's, I just don't, I don't think things are that fucking stupid. How about that? I think that's literally like as I, I as much shit as that franchise gets and as much shit as that's happening with the panel and Bill O'Brien's decisions and the fucking offense and that offensive line and everything else that's going on at NRG right now. I literally still to this day do not believe that they are that fucking to fucking trade Jadavian Clowney. We're going to have to blur that R word out because that's just not PC. Yeah, um, probably not the best choice words there. Um, however, you're right. There's, it doesn't make sense. Even when I lay out the whole scenario, it all sounds like it's just reaching. It is reaching for something that makes sense. And trading Jadavian Clowney, even trading Jadavian Clowney straight up for Trent, Trent, Trent Williams, he has an easy fucking name, and I can't even say it tonight. But even trading Clowney straight up for Williams, even that. It's a laughable trade. I mean, you're talking about a six-year difference in age. You trade a guy that's not even – yeah, you're trading a guy that is not even in his prime yet. We forget how young J.D. Clowney is. We do, all the time. He's young. The – He's, I mean, it's arguably that his game is not going to age well. He relies so much on his athleticism. But even so, there's another good seven years of Jadavian Clowney, and we have still yet to hit peak Jadavian Clowney. 
he is now reaching a point where he is the age that he's a year older than Khalil Mack was when Khalil Mack came out of college. So all that time that Mack took to develop in college, Clowney got to develop in the NFL. And here's the thing about Clowney. I still, to this day, believe that we have not seen the best of him. And right now, not even the best of him is still one of the top players in the NFL. And one day it's going to click, and he's going to have a season where he has double-digit sacks, and he is just going to absolutely destroy everybody. There's going to be talk about him being the best player in the league, and I really hope that's a year that he's on the Texans. Because it's going to suck if he's on somebody yeah. like the Colts. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm pulling for Pat Storm to be right because I like Pat as a person and would love for him to be right. I was telling him, oh, I don't want to share our conversation, but – Either way, I hope Pat's right. The only part, the only part of me that wishes he's wrong, is because I don't want to see JD leave this team. And so it puts you in a weird position, right? Because it'd be great to have an out an actual source. Now I don't know what source will have once JD leaves. I don't know what source Pat will have, but if he was able to finagle a relationship with JD, then he'll probably be able to do that with us. I think he's pretty close to DJ Reader too. Um, I just hope I, I hope he's right, but I hope he's wrong. I, I don't know how both of them win in this situation, but I think the fan base wins if JD stays, and ultimately that's who we're rooting for. So it just puts us in a weird predicament because you just don't want to see somebody put out their credibility like that and things happen. And uh, like I said, Kawhi changed his mind two days before signing with the Raptors. Bill O'Brien, like John said, could have woke up this morning and said, "God damn, I'm an idiot. What the fuck am I thinking?" This, I, mean, I drafted this guy. This was my first year. And I've watched this guy blossom. Yeah. And I will say this in Patrick Storm's defense. Clowney could get not could end up not being traded, and Patrick no, Storm could still have been right. Like, I that's, agree. That's the defense that I'm going to put out there for him. Just because the trade fell through, didn't go through, or even Clowney could have been told by Bill O'Brien, okay, well, we're going to trade you, or we're going to do our best to trade you. And that could have been his expectation. And then, you know, the right deal just never emerged because, again, that takes two to tangle with these things. Like, it takes another team willing to give up. And I, for the life of me, after studying Bill O'Brien, talking to Bill O'Brien, there is no way that he is dumb enough to let Clowney walk for next to nothing, for a mid-round pick. There's no way that he's willing to let Clowney walk for what we received for Duke or what we sent away for Duke Johnson. I just cannot picture it in my head that he's going to value him like that. If he values Duke Johnson at a third-round pick, then he's got to value Clowney for a lot more than that. Well, and I think another thing that needs to be taken into consideration is the fact that we don't have a GM right now, and next season we will. And this team and this roster, the way it's constructed currently, is appealing. I'm not saying one player makes it less appealing, or it it will make it less appealing. It doesn't make it an unsalvageable franchise. But trading Jadavian Clowney, which could be a cornerstone of your defense for a long time, can't be something that a good GM would think is a great idea. Now, it is Nick Casario that we're talking about, potentially being RGM. They don't pay their defensive ends ever, literally ever. 
like they I don't think they've ever paid the defensive end to be honest with you. So maybe that's the mantra. Maybe they're on Slack right now. They're they're talking to Nick Casario saying, "Hey, look, here's the trade offer we got. What do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down? Morse code, whatever the fuck you want to do." Um, I don't know, but um, yeah, it, I, there's really not much more we can say about Clowney. Let's get to um, let's get to Duke Johnson. So John and I meet up for a beer, watch a preseason game. Duke Johnson traded. We're super stoked, super excited. He's exactly what we said we've needed at the running back position. He's also young on a very team-friendly contract. Even Rivers McCown was uh, excited about Duke Johnson. Now, whether or not he believes that Bill O'Brien will use Duke Johnson properly, (laughs) completely different conversation. Uh, I don't think Bill O'Brien would trade for a player if he didn't want to use him for his strength, though, especially with what he gave up. But um, Duke Johnson traded to the Texans from Cleveland Browns for a fourth-round pick, a conditional third, if he plays or if he starts 10 games or plays 10 games. So if he plays 10 games, uh, the Browns get a third-round pick. If, if he's he doesn't, active, not even plays, just active. Yeah, active for 10 games. Um, they get a third-round pick. Um, given the hole on this, ro- on this roster at running back, no matter how much we've liked Higdon and Crockett, uh, you need you need more there. You also need another running back that after next season will still be on this team because Lamar Miller's last year with the Texans is this year. Um, it's a good deal. I, I, I honestly, I don't understand where everything's everybody's coming from on the third round pick. Like, you guys act like we just destroy in the third round since two thousand two. Um, I challenge you to go look and see what we've done in the third round since 2002. Take out these last two years, and I don't think you'd be too upset about giving a third-round pick for a – is there a is there a bat in, in your room? You, you like – Oh, no. I've just got the, uh, the my microphone hooked up a different way, and it kind of slipped a little bit, so I'm afraid that it's going to oh. fall. It's all okay. right, though. We'll, we'll yeah. just go. Um, so, I mean, I like the move. I think Duke Johnson brings exactly what this team needs. He's a third down back. Um, he can run between the tackles. He can run to the outside. He's good in pass protection. He's 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 the perfect complement to Lamar Miller. This is the, the A-B that John has been talking about for the last four months. Dude, it's an- – it's absolutely I'm oh absolutely over the moon that we got Duke Johnson. I said that a few minutes ago. I mean it. First thing I said when I saw you the other day was like, dude, we got Duke Johnson. Me and Rivers, we talked about it at length that we thought he would be one of the perfect pieces out there to come to the Texans. This is Duke Johnson is the running back that Bill O'Brien always wanted Tyler Irvin to be. He's part slot receiver part running back, and Duke Johnson is actually an every-down back. He's a, uh, some fantasy analysts will call him a satellite back plus, which means if there's a game or two where he needs to be a 20-carry guy, he can do that. And then he can also receive multiple um, multiple receptions as well. So with Duke Johnson, the reason that I'm excited is think about the healthy year with Arian Foster and then – the next year, right before Arian Foster tore his Achilles with Duke 
or with um with the Bill O'Brien offense. There was no joke because I always had Arian Foster on my fantasy team. I am a homer. I'm always the first to admit that I've always been a big homer. That the only reason Arian Foster had any points in fantasy was because of receptions. We have not had a running back that is able to run routes like Arian Foster since Arian Foster. Jonathan Grimes was, was all right. Lamar Miller doesn't drop passes, but he's just not good at running routes. Duke Johnson is phenomenal at running routes. There are metrics out there, and we all know how metrics are, but there are several metrics out there that state that over the past four years, Duke Johnson is the most efficient running back in football. Granted, a lot of his yards do come from receptions and come from those pa- from passing plays, but still, that it, if there's a way to measure somebody up and make them the most efficient, that is something worth keeping in mind. He is a guy that really should be a three-down back. I don't know why the Browns didn't use him as a three-down back. We're always a little bit hesitant when a player like this comes around, and it's like they, when you see them, and it's like, why didn't they get more usage? Usually coaching staffs know more than the metrics guys, um, the fantasy football guys, usually. However, I would say that the coaching staff that criminally underused Duke Johnson wasn't one that we really should put a lot of faith in making the right decisions. They also didn't really want to use Nick Chubb on that same football team. So we'll just put it like that. Duke Johnson on the Texans should be a phenomenal should be a phenomenal match. It should really open up the playbook for Bill O'Brien. I do feel bad for all of us that play fantasy sports though because Duke Johnson and Lamar Miller are probably going to vulture each other. Neither one of them is going to be worth it in fantasy. Um, however, as a one-two punch and as Texans fans, we will be very, very happy. Yeah. I mean, he's what we need. And Bill O'Brien went out and got him. So, um, latest report on Clowney, by the way, is that uh, half a dozen teams are inquiring about Jadavian Clowney. So. Um, all right, let's. Um, I'd like to stay with the Texans, but I kind of think that there's a team in the division that has a pretty big story going on that is trying to be swept under the rug and trying not to be compared to 2017, but everything that's being said right now sounds very, very similar to 2017. And that would be the AFC South Indianapolis Colts. Andrew Luck seems to be having some health issues yet again. Uh, Snuck up on him in March, then May, three days into camp, said it was still hurting. They're saying it's a high ankle sprain and that there's a bone bruise and that they don't know really what it is. And they don't know if he'll play week one. That they're going to take it extremely easy. Thoughts, John? You know, are we sure it's a good thing to have a vocal owner? I mean, the Colts would tell you no. I'm sure Colts. <laughs> I'm sure Colts fans would prefer to not. Could you imagine if we were a Colts podcast right now? Ugh. No. 
would still be would still be having a meltdown regardless. <laughs> it's just a different sort of meltdown. You know, it's Andrew Luck. If he shows up on one leg, he's still going to terrify me. It just is what it is. But if he doesn't um, show up. But if he doesn't show up, all of a sudden this amazing Colts team that is a Super Bowl favorite by some out there, all of a sudden they don't look so hot. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's it's an interesting story to watch. Um considering that we have nothing else to watch with our team right now and everything else that's going on in the melting pot of NRG, uh, all the news and storylines coming out. But uh, I just thought that was interesting. I thought we'd bring it up just because um, it does have uh, implications on the Texans. If Andrew Luck somehow misses the first four to six weeks, that division that was supposed to be super competitive all of a sudden is basically handed to the Texans on the silver platter yet again. So, um, all right. I don't really want to get into the preseason game because I, th- I think all that's worn off, and I don't think anybody was really excited about this preseason game. Um, what I do want to talk about is just some, like, notable aspects of training camp and the preseason game. So what we saw in training camp was that the tackles looked okay. Central's been fine. Matt Khalil had some issues with J.J., but then the preseason game came, and all that changed, and then training camp. Now we have a dumpster fire at at tackle with Matt Khalil, um, which, I mean, was expected. I was surprised at how good he was, but like you said, he started off hot. Now this Texas, Texas heat is bearing down on him, and he's having to put together camps, and he's not able to do it. Is there any level of concern for you with that tackle position? Any level of concern? There's like a level 10 level of concern on our tackle position right now. The fact that at any point, Roderick Johnson is who they're hoping will get some play out there. And what what's happened to Davenport? Davenport hasn't played at all. I think he's... Is he hurt? I think he's... Is he just so far in the doghouse that it's not even funny at this I point? I think he's, they just want him to be the swing. I mean, apparently Matt Khalil has done exactly what was expected. He now looks awful. He had a couple of good weeks. Again, he's he's a former first-round pick. He's a guy that has had some success in the NFL. But us going after him was the definition of dumpster diving. It really was. And I know you like to go Goodwill shopping. And, you know, sometimes you can find a bargain at Goodwill, but it's kind of looking like uh, we didn't find a bargain at Goodwill. Now, maybe, maybe, maybe they give him a couple of veteran rest days, he gets his feet back underneath him, and he starts to look like that player that did at the beginning of the camp. But it just sounds like the hitting and the heat has just worn him out, and it's already worn him out, which is what is really, really concerning. So I think this is part of the reason why the clowny trade rumors have flared up, because they know it's an issue. They they know it's an issue. Like, there's no way they can't. And we can't go through another season where we're just praying that Deshaun, you know, lives at the end of the game. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't really know what else to say. I'm, the, the left tackle position is not um, – it's not in a good spot. 
And I'm sure you're right. I'm sure this is kind of what's triggered a lot of the clowny stuff. But um, I guess what I'm wondering is that if if Roderick Johnson is our next in line, I, I don't understand. I, I get it. I get it. I get why Titus is playing guard. But if your biggest need is left tackle right now, why isn't he getting the snaps? Your guess is as good as mine. Apparently, Devlin is one of the most respected O-line coaches in the league. Oh, We've, since when? From who? Well, who? It's been, who said it's that been, besides Bill O'Brien? It's been said by other coaches. Like who? Like Belichick, for one. When? I'm Googling that shit right now. <laughs> you do it right now. But Devlin is apparently one of these guys that is supposed to be very respected around the league. Now, with... NFL coaching, there's so much nepotism. There's so much, I don't know. It's All the coaching staffs, for lack of a better term, are inbred. Everybody knows everybody. So I'm willing to bet that every single O-line coach is well-respected, unless you're just an asshole and you push everybody away. Are you sure you weren't talking about, like, James Devlin? (laughs) Correct. Because he talks about his toughness all the time and how great great he is. I know, right? But I can't find one quote on Bill Belichick you know, saying Mike Devlin is one of the best offensive coaches in the league. But what has Devlin actually done? And if this is his call to leave Titus Howard at guard the entire time, like I get it and I understand it, but are we that thin at the guard position as well? Like I thought Rankin was a pretty good guard last year. And it seems like they've, they're they not letting him play guard anymore. They're not letting him play at all either. Like him and Davenport, you know, the ones that we've just recently drafted, between the two of them, they have three years of experience. We're not going to let them touch the ball at all now? Does this make sense? No, I think – I mean, I don't know. This is pure speculation, but I think I – think Bill O'Brien's doing kind of what I said that we should be doing, which is just throwing anybody and everybody on the line – um, I do think that Nick Martin being out is throwing a little bit of a kink in what he would like to do, ideally. Um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if we start to just see different things. I'm hoping that in Detroit, or with Detroit being here as of tomorrow, that we see some snaps from Titus at left tackle. Uh, because he's got, he got some snaps at tackle in preseason. He's going to have to get some more. We know Khalil's not going to make it through a season anyways, and if he is a dumpster fire, I honestly at this point would rather just throw Titus at the left tackle spot for 16 games and let him figure it out, to be honest with you. I I, I can't see how it's going to be worse. You're trying to find the quote, too. <laughs> but you can't. Yeah, I am, actually. No, I the only the only reason that it can't be worse is they're sitting there trying to not ruin his career. I mean, dude, we need a left tackle. Well, it's one of those words. Are they trying to protect his career, even though it may not be the best thing for this season? Now, they've done that in the past with Deshaun Watson, but it's a different one when it's a quarterback. You didn't find it. Stop looking. Uh, 
Uh, you can go through all ten pages on Google at the bottom. It's not going to oh. be there. It's just going to be a bunch about James Devlin. But anyways, um, no, this I mean, MacLeal's the problem, and if we're not figuring it out, I don't know what to do. I, I really don't want to be the guy that, like, hey, we should trade Clowney for a left tackle because I just don't think that that trade's out there. I don't think that you're going to be able to trade Clowney to Washington for Trent Williams. They just drafted Montez Sweat. Uh, they actually have a pretty good defensive line. It doesn't help them considering that they just just drafted potentially their franchise quarterback. Um, I, I I just I don't I don't know. There has to be something. At this point, I would just give the Redskins a first round pick. <laughs> I mean, at this point, if we have four years of of of, of Trent Williams. We don't have a first-round pick next year. We draft a tackle for the three years straight in the first round after that and just hope that we hit until Trent Williams leaves. Like, we can't go into the season with Matt Khalil being the left tackle if everything that we're hearing is true and everything that we're, we saw in preseason is happening and coming to fruition. There's no reason for him to be our starting tackle. And the Texans put themselves in a position where late in the offseason or in the preseason – early in the preseason, late in the offseason, whatever you want to say, they're in a position where they have to find a tackle and they can't. Yeah, and that's our, – our, everyone's assumption was that Howard would just get kicked outside when, when Khalil just bombed. But that doesn't yep. – that does not look to be the plan right now. I just – and I don't get it. It looks like they want to find another left tackle, and this is way – Way too late. Yeah, I and mean, it's just absolutely. Oh just stop, man! Stop, stop looking at your computer, John. It's not there. It's okay. It's okay. It's just. It's one of those things that. What on earth are they doing? He, they just they, need to move him. John. If they were waiting, if they were waiting around on Brian Gain to do something, they waited too long to fire him. If they decided after firing Ryan Game that they're going to make some be more aggressive, they waited too long to be aggressive. This goes with pretty much everything that they have decided to do, from even trading Duke Johnson, which is something that we have been over the, that I've been over the moon excited that they did. They waited too long to do it. Yeah. No, I think um, I think. He's going to have to start playing tackle moving forward. I really don't see another answer. Yeah, it's either I, it's either it's either, it. it's either him or Davenport. And and if it was going to be Davenport, you would think we'd seen Davenport at left tackle some. Yeah. And it seems like they're going in with the plan that they are not going to let him play left tackle this year. So I don't get it. What I don't get is why Titus isn't playing left tackle. Rankins isn't playing left guard. Yeah, to me, based on last year's performance, actual game performances have rankings at guard, Titus at tackle, and then Davenport has always profiled better as a right tackle. So he should be over there with Centrell, Chantrell. You, give me some credit. I can I can mess up. Chantrell, damn it. <laughs> I can't wait till the end. This is y'all are y'all are just giving me. A I can't wait till the end of the year. All the, not, the blooper reels—they're just going to be full of you fucking up people's names. You know, just name after name after name. All right, have fun, Preston. But 
at this point, Chantrell and Davenport should be battling out for the right tackle position. That's what I think with Titus Howard at left and Sharping. If he's going to play guard, he either right guard, left guard, and Rankin's the other one, and let Fulton be the be let Fulton be the center. Um, Just based on last year's performance and what we've seen so far, I, I personally so far this year with training camp, I think that that would be the line. It's young. Give him a couple of years to gel. Uh, Fulton's still relatively young, but he would be the oldest one there, and he's got plenty of experience. He's on a second. He's on a second co- uh, contract. He could lead that line, and I think that line would be better than what they're throwing out right now. And I don't. And I don't get it. I just don't get it. Yep. Well, we'll find out more tomorrow. Um, John, what else do we have? Oh, that was a lot. Uh, is there anybody that stood out from the preseason game to you? Uh, Dylan Cole. Dylan Cole's the beast. Um, no, what about Cole, Crockett? Crockett and Higdon. Yeah, I liked them both. Which one's not making the team? I think they're both making the team. I don't think I don't think Taiwan Jones is making the team. Yeah, no way. Well, I mean, you got to remember though, we carried four last year, and less less Gillespie being there means we only carry three. But given this team's injury history on running back, I just I don't know. Neither one of those guys is, is going to stick to the practice squad. So, yeah, Taiwan Jones is almost a waste of a uh, waste of a roster spot at this point. I guess he's there for veteran leadership. But if he makes the team, I'm going to be very sad. He just doesn't say anything. I think Higdon and Crockett both make the team. I think we go with two veterans, Lamar and Duke, and we go Crockett and Higdon. I don't know which one will be third or fourth, but. Um, I think they've both shown enough so far into camp and into preseason that they deserve a, a roster spot if we're going to carry four. I think I think carrying four is yeah. all going to be dependent on the tight ends. If we carry four tight ends, there's no way that we carry four running backs. If we carry three tight ends, I think there's a good shot we carry four running backs. And that might be possible if Kahali Waring actually getting IR Which is where he's, he's where it's it's I trending mean, that way. He's yeah, and now he's got a concussion. So poor kid. I think that he has the potential to be a very very good tight end, but but we have two other guys that have potential to be really good tight ends too. So I, I and then yeah. and then Darren Darren has to make the team. Yeah. So at this point, the, you know what the most secure spot on the roster is? Darren Fells making this team, and you know why? It's because our offensive line is fucking garbage. Yeah, no no joke. And we got to see why Buddy Howell never got a carry during the regular season last year. Uh, yeah. Not so much because of his ability to carry the ball. Mm. His pass blocking. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, that stood out. Um, it is what it is. But poor Buddy. At least he got some gushers. Um, you know, I love Buddy. I want him to do well. He showed a lot on special teams last year. He's even shown a little bit of juice when he ran the ball, but dude, yeah, when he ran dude. the ball, he looked actually pretty good. I was, I was, and then that play happened. But you know, he was our special team stud last year. Yeah, maybe he should play linebacker instead of running back. Um, outside of that, who else? Uh, Bradley Roby. I mean, look, those passes were complete, but Bradley Roby was all over every single player that he was covering. It wasn't like he was dusted in any way. He was in their pocket the entire time. Just nicely placed balls. Um, so that was nice to see. 
That was nice to see. Um, what else stood out? I, I like Tyrell Adams. Tyrell Adams. Yeah. Jarrell Adams? I'm sorry, Jarrell Adams. Jarrell Adams. I made a, I, yeah. I pulled a John. You know, we've got too many tight ends. <laughs> yeah. Just too many just tight not. ends. That's a guy I think Pat Starr said it best. He needs to fire his agent. What on earth is he doing on the Texans? Because he shouldn't be making a 53-man roster. Maybe the Texans will be able to flip him for somebody, but nobody would trades for tight ends. No. So, and nobody's trading for your fifth tight end that's going to be no. cut. So. But he's but he, he's a solid player, and he's he's shown a lot. Tyron Johnson looked good again. And then Mitchell and Vincent Smith look good. So yeah. it's going to be interesting. I think this is a year that players that we get kept get snapped up very, very quickly. I think that Mitchell's going to make it more of a three-way battle when Vincent Smith is, is a freak athlete. He should – he's going to be on an NFL roster. There's a reason why he was kept on the team the entire year last year, and I just can't imagine – they kept him on the team to not keep him on the team this year. But Mitchell makes it interesting, and Tyron Johnson, he can, he can flat-out play. No. He's not quite the athlete that Vincent Smith is, but he can play. Yeah, with DeAndre Carter back, though, it's going to be really interesting to see how this shapes up. Yeah, and especially if Kiki now hurt, so it's going to make the decision a lot more interesting. Do we want to get into that, or do we want to wait? Or do we want to just let that see it? We'll wait yeah. and see. I mean, we're just – at this point, we know that we probably won't see Kiki again or A.J. McCarron again until end of preseason. And uh, the McCarron injury is arguably worse because we're not really going to get to see what these receivers are capable of doing because they're not going to leave Watson out there any more than they have to. And Jordan Tamu is not really an NFL quarterback. He's a – He's a good camp arm, and we all know that Webb doesn't make the team as a quarterback. He makes the team because of the other things that he can do. Yeah, no, I would agree. Um, who stood out to you? Um, I'm just paying mainly a lot of attention to uh, to the Higdon and Crockett battle because that's interesting. I like both of them. I think Crockett. Crockett is Alfred Blue with juice. Yep. He's got he's got he's got some juice behind him. He's he's never going to be a fantasy league winner or any, anything like that. However, he's a player that you ask him to do a specific thing and he'll probably do it pretty well for you. Karen Higdon on the other ta- on the other hand looks like he could be an actual like player player. Like he and when Lamar Miller leaves, it'll be him that kind of falls into that 1B type role with, I would argue, Duke Johnson being in the 1A in that role. But we'll see. And Higdon's biggest bugbear has always been he always gets hurt. So if he stays healthy, he looks like he might actually be a really good player. Yeah, no, I would agree. It's going to be interesting to see what uh, what happens during uh, training camp with the Lions. Um, they they have an actual defensive line, so um, and their pass rushers are very fast. They're not just powerful pass rushers. Um, 
so it, it's going to be interesting to see how this offensive line performs. Um, luckily, Pat will be there, so we'll be able to kind of hear everything that's going on. Um, yeah, do you see Cody's tweet, by the way, about the, the song that JD posted on Instagram? Yeah, going all in depth in it. It's pretty, pretty, okay. pretty good shit right there. You know, I thought you were going to do that. I, I don't listen to Ross enough, but yeah. Um, Once I saw that Clowney had Rick Ross on on his Instagram, the first part of was of course Miami's in the title, right? Which was the rumor where he was going, and then the lyrics are like, "Whoa!" Can you read them? I'd love to hear you read them. Can you read them? Like, can you rap them? No, 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 no. There's, Please, John, yeah, come on, y'all John, come on. That. John, this is, we're ending the podcast. This would be a great. This would be like a, a very, very good ending. You should, you should pull up the Ross lines that Cody was referring to. <laughs> I hate y'all. All right, mentally, I'm on the next year. That's some 2020 clear vision. You saying let you finish? I ain't trying to hear it. I'm for. I'm all for spiritual lifting, but I don't fly spirit. I'm all for finding happiness, but down to die serious. All smiles, Kevin Durant trials. Had to blow it on the court. I must have blew a millet. I'm walking on all charges. That's my new Achilles. I know they love to rock a check, but who gonna do it really, really? My depositions never surface. Trent and Bob know the logo on the jersey. Mm, okay, now there's one more. Slide over to the right. There's one more picture. Let's go through them all. This is great. This is great content, by the way. Keep it up. <laughs> hey, whoa, you made me this way. Yeah. Before I'm gonna out of this place, yeah, put some flowers in my vase, won't you? Let me know that I did okay, yeah. Don't wait till some other day, no, no. They love to wait till it's too late, it's too late. Yeah, so this is great. So our next podcast that we're gonna launch is called Why Guys Reading Rap Lyrics. (laughs) That was great. You don't get any whiter than me. I am as I am as white as they come. Magnolia shopping, Luke Bryan concert going. I, I applaud it. You know, I applaud it. Do you not get white than me? Um, okay. We well, with that being said, uh, you can follow Texans Unfiltered on every. John just flipped me off. By the way, yeah, yeah. Are we streaming? No, we're not streaming. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. It would have been. It would have yeah. been better if we were streaming. Why the fuck weren't we yeah, streaming? So that's, I, that's uh, like Preston says I need to do something to the computer to uh, be able to stream. I guess something about reset. Hey, somebody that actually helps us, you know, get whatever's broken. Oh, speaking of which, do you want to plug that? What are we drafting? Have you figured this out? Like, do you have any idea where we are? Well, we have we have three team owners that I cannot get a hold of. From last year? But... Okay, yes. so where are we at? How many people do we have? So, right now we are at 7 of 10. Oh, my God. So we have three people that we need. This is an ongoing dynasty league. You will get a team. If you are not in an existing owner, you've just got hired to be GM of whatever team. So you get to keep the team that they made last year. You get to make any drafts. You, you make your drafts accordingly. You make your free agent selections accordingly. You can make your trades accordingly. Just like you were taking over a real team, because you know this is supposed to be harder than your average. By the way, this is all coming from me telling John that we're going to have to redraft. Go ahead, John. If we want to do a separate redraft league, we can do a separate redraft league. But the Dynasty League is already established. It's existing. There's already been trades that have been made. There are people that are still playing from last year that have invested in their team thinking that we're going to do this for more than one year. Can't have a Dynasty League if you redraft it every year. 
So who are the three people you couldn't get a hold of? Um, well, I've actually gotten a hold of one, but Saffron's the he's out there. I can't get a hold of him. He's the one that comes to my mind because he actually had a really good team. And then it was the two guys from Round Rock, Round Rock okay. Ponies. All right, so uh, sum it up. We need three people to do this Dynasty League properly. If not, worst case scenario, we need one, and then I guess we'll just disperse the other two teams. John, yeah? I don't know. Um, I'll find – if if the other two teams don't have owners, I'll find them owners. Okay, so when are we drafting, John? I'm saying the Monday after the Cowboys-Texans game, okay. so after the third okay. week. All right, so – so we've got two weeks. A week from this yeah. Monday. All right. Uh, cool. Fantastic. Anyways, you can find us on all podcast platforms. Just search Texans Unfiltered. Uh, if you're looking for uh, white guys that read rap lyrics, just Google John Wade, the Garnet Texan, and Rick Ross. That'll be on YouTube at some point. Uh, that's why I'm surprised we're not streaming. You missed the golden opportunity. It happens. It'll be great. It's okay. Our, our listeners will laugh while driving into work tomorrow. Hopefully none of them crash. Um, <laughs> uh, you can find us on all podcast platforms. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Enjoy our intro. Enjoy our outro. Uh, website to come. Uh, oh, don't forget about the event. Massive event. 9-9. Oh, John. Might have had a huge sponsor just uh, come on. Can't say who yet, but as soon as I get off this, I will. Uh, they reached out to me today. It's actually pretty freaking cool, so um, we'll get to that. I'll announce that next week when I know for sure. Uh, September 9th, opening game against the Saints at Sigma Brewing. Barbecue is brought to you by Pitmaster Barbecue. Uh, Run Game Clothing is sponsoring the event and partnering with us on the event and partnering with the podcast, so make sure you guys go to Run Game Clothing. Uh, make sure you check out Sigma Brewing beforehand, and I think that's it on the event. Yes, okay. With that being said, I am Young Ari Gold, signing off. I'll catch you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast. Please follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at HoustonFBPod.